On today's Leadership Adelics show, join us as we delve into an enlightening conversation with Maxime Bonasser, founder and chief harmony officer at Stoa and a recognized coach and content creator. Maxime shares his journey of navigating through trauma, self-discovery and transformation, ultimately finding his place of peace. Discover Maxime's unique perspective on life's unpredictability and how his career vision took an unexpected turn. Learn about his reasons for choosing to honor and accept trials, leading to personal growth and a rebuilt life. We explore how Maxime integrated lessons from his transformative journey, transitioning from striving to a peaceful existence, seeking something deeper than external rewards. His approach to coaching, guiding individuals to experience more joy and inner peace through emotional work, adds a new dimension to finding tranquility through service. Join us for this enriching and transformative conversation as we uncover life's hidden lessons with Maxime Bonasser. Enjoy and see you on the other side. Welcome, Maxime. Maxime Bonasser to Thank Leadership you. Adelics. Yeah, it's a great, great pleasure to be here with you. I'm honored and uh, this is going to be fun. Yeah, no, and and uh, right before the show, we were catching up, and and you were telling me you're having a, a good week with some vacations coming up. So yeah, yeah, indeed, yeah, that's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun. Relax. We're gonna go without the kids. Ah, oh, yeah, reset, that, reboot. Are you go? Oh, you mentioned California. Going any yeah. any place exciting in California? Well, the purpose of the trip is to go to the Grand Canyon. We're gonna go up and hike Ooh. there. So we're going to spend a few days in LA and then head out to the canyon. That's awesome. Is that your first time there? Yeah. Oh, wow. Have you ever been? Uh, I've been, I was like uh, 16 maybe or 17. So it's a long time ago. I didn't hike like at the bottom of the canyon. My my father-in-law did and he Mm. couldn't stop talking about it. Um, (laughs) Apparently you can get like donkeys there or like horses. I don't know. Okay. Um, I haven't tried that either, uh, but that sounds yeah. that sounds awesome. It's going to be great. I, I, I'll um, tell you much more when I come. Yeah, back. yeah, good, good, good. So another thing we were talking about, I like you know all those little things. Um, mm. You know, be- <laughs> before we get to like the deep stuff, yeah. we were like share looking at our teacups, and and you you told me your teacup. Like for people watching, um, you know, we each have very. Um, artistic organic yeah. teacups and so i'd love to learn the story of your teacup <laughs> so yeah it's a good one i spotted this one on uh, my way to record a podcast and i wanted to buy it for my spouse so i figured oh, on my way back i'll just stop and buy it but i missed the boat the shop was closed and i couldn't go so the next weekend we happened to pass in the area so I brought her. Yeah. And I said, here's the cup I would like to buy for you for Easter. And she said, you know what? It's beautiful, but I would rather have another one. So she picked the other one. But this one was so compelling to me that I bought it for myself. Now, here's the thing. I get home a few days later. I look under the cup. And the name of the artist is Estelle. My grandmother's name was Stella. Like a star in Italian. Yeah. They used to call her Estelle as a nickname. Mm. So now I'm drinking my tea and I'm thinking of my grandma and she's like, 
present you know she, she yeah i was guided to buy that cup after all oh, there you go i love it honoring uh connected uh with the yeah. cup before like through the artist's work back to your grandma uh that's wonderful Indeed, and yeah. you know grandparents have are such huge influences uh in, in many people's lives you know mm -hmm. it's it's uh they, they play such an important role um and I, I love how you weave all that in with the, the love for your wife, the love for, yes. you know, and, and we'll talk more about love uh, because oh, I, I like how you summed up your, your journey is, is a journey from love to love. Um, and, you know, and there's love uh, for people who are not watching, uh, we're listening, there's this uh, painting, I'm assuming it's from your daughter um, yeah. behind you that says yeah. love, yeah. um, of uh, beautiful, pink or red background and a handprint and many hearts it's all about love, it's all about love. yeah um and that's one thing you know we we met through the uh i would say the the social media mycelium um and and i i spotted some of your videos and i don't remember if it was on youtube or or linkedin but i i spotted the videos and i I could feel that love radiating. I, I love your, really appreciated your your composure and your energy on the videos. Um, and then one thing that was really special that you did is you did it both in French and in English as well, which um, was unusual. And I was really never tempted to ever do, even though I could. And I was like, wow, my my hat to him for, for doing that. So like, I'm, I'm curious, what prompted you to like, come up with that format and, and show yourself this way and also do it in, in two languages? Yeah. Well, thank you, first of all, for your lovely comment. Um, <laughs> The learn the yearning for the book doing it in both languages just came out of my love of French and, and I was raised up in a you know in, in a house that was French speaking mostly. Yeah. There was some English speaking in my house as well because my on my mother's side there's Irish roots. So both languages were were there, but French was much more present. And as I grew up, I kind of went into the English uh, language much more uh, personally for work as well. And I didn't want to lose touch with the heritage and the language. And so I decided to force myself to, to do it in, in both languages, even though it, it's easier most of the time to do it in English. You know, it, it comes out more naturally in English, but I really want to force myself to do it in French as well. Yeah. What what type of? Uh, I mean, that, I commend that. That's wonderful. Uh, and and I can relate to that. It's easier to doing it in English. Yeah, um, sure. it, you know, even though I grew up uh, in in France. Um, what type of feedback have you received from from doing it in both languages? Yeah. Depending on who I'm reaching, right? I think that's the beauty of. Yeah. tackling both languages that the words are different the expressions are different the energy might be different too so i think people connect whomever they are and what languages they speak for that reason yeah and and you're in you're in montreal right yes i am indeed. yeah so yeah you know it's you do see a lot of things in english and, and french there um 
But I'm I'm hoping a lot of people are appreciating that because you don't see, at least I don't see that much of that type of content you're putting out in in French. Um, maybe there is, or maybe I'm not looking for it. Well, you know what? I was under the, the same impression myself because maybe we're such immersed into the the, the English side yeah. that we don't yeah. see what's happening on the French side. Uh, maybe there's more in France than here yeah. in, in Quebec. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before yeah. before we dive deep in your in your background, your journey, your 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 spiritual yeah. work, and your your current um, projects, actually. Well, let's dive into, you know, what, what do you do here? What, like, how do you help people? How do you show up? What is, what is your work and, and who are you all that briefly, because we're going to dive deeper and there's going to be an intro before all this, but I want to hear it in your own words. Thank you. That that was a difficult one for me to express (laughs) for such a long time. I kept on changing the words and how I wanted to I wanted it to come out. But in essence, I'm really here to be inspiring in my my own idiosyncratic ways and to guide people in their own spiritual journey, their self-growth, you know, call it whatever you want. In essence, that's it. Yeah. I really want to help people free themselves from themselves because I believe we're, we are our own worst enemy. I know I've been my own. So that's a good good segue. And that's a beautiful, beautiful mission, really important. And I think some people listening to that would be like, well, what, what, what makes him so good at doing that? What gives him the, like, why, why would I go talk to Maxime? Like, you know, and like, does he even understand what I'm going through? And, And I think for that, it's worth going to uh, your journey, your own journey, and and what you've gone through. And I'm just wondering, you know, like how how far back do you want to go? Because when you know you were sharing that with me, I was like, wow, like there's a lot of lessons uh, that started mm-hmm. early on in in your life um, mm-hmm. that were like important lessons that really shaped your abilities to be able to help others. Um, wow. And we could go deep and we can go in so many directions, right? With this. Yeah. I like the direction you took in the, in the, in the form you <laughs> said, <laughs> uh, because there, there's important events. Um, yes. And I, I think it's in the society today, it's important for people to understand each other's humanity and journeys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people, like if they're watching, they might be like, oh, Here's two white guys who look privileged, mm. uh, who've always eaten from a silver spoon and mm. who, you know, might not really understand what, you know, challenges and trauma and, you know, that, that journey looks like. And, mm. and so, you know, I think part of the podcast is, is showing, it's like, no, there's, there's depth to all our journeys. We all have our trauma. And, uh, so, you know, I'd love oh, to hear a little bit. With that. Yeah. And when I have chills, there's a truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, indeed there's common humanity in everything we're, we're going through, I believe, mm-hmm. yeah. whatever our, where we're from and racial differences or, or sexual differences and whatnot. I think the seed of where 
our traumas and conditionings and patterns are, are coming from are very similar. It's always an inside job, right? Yeah. And mine, like you said, began very young age. I'm, I'm not special in, in any way, right? I mean, we all go through our own journey. Yeah. And some have gone through stuff that are, I guess we could qualify much worse than me. But, but that's my journey. So, yeah. Mine, mine started with a very dysfunctional family. You know, well, parents who gets divorced and then the, the, the fight, truly the fight in, in court for many, many years around yeah. that and being stuck between a rock and a hard place. dysfunctional families and their own relationships and how they interact with, with each other. Then my own difficulties, you know, growing up and being this kid who, yeah, goes through psych psychological abuse, physical abuse, yeah. um, that leaves uh, imprints on you, I guess we can say, yeah. right? Was there was there bullying in there as well? Like you know, when you we're talking about growing up and physical abuse, like and, and I was bullied, you know, when I was a kid. So I was curious if that yeah. was also part of that. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure, bullying was part of it. Um, yeah, mainly the beat ups from uh, from the parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. listening or rebelling. Yeah, my mom was also going through her own journey, you know, suffering from. A little bit of psychological difficulties, I guess we can put it this way. Um, you know, yeah, I don't want to go. No, you don't have to go into everything, but I, I think that's that's you know, those are you know, important things to to just realize and to have that perspective now of, you know, even realizing that your mom was going through her own things that, yeah. you know, the parents go through their own things. Yeah. Um, and, and you touched on that previously, uh, you know, there's also the generational trauma as well. Um, you know, especially if there's immigration and how, having to leave. Yeah. There's, you know, obviously, as you may imagine, there's stuff in there as well. Yeah. So, yeah. and you said it well, our own parents, they have their own journey. So yeah. who are we to blame them or point the finger or yeah, yeah, rub it in their face, so to speak. <laughs> I think it's part of, of growing up too, is, is yeah. um, uh, understanding that, you know, they had their own journeys. I think as, as children, you uh, tend to put your parents on pedestals and have really high expectations because they're your parents. Um, and, you know, as, as you get older, you realize, oh, well, they, they were humans like me with, with their faults and they made mistakes and they did the best they could with the tools they had. Absolutely. Uh, um, my dad always told me there's no book to raise a kid. Yeah, indeed. No, <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's plenty of people who've tried to, to yeah. write books. Okay. Uh, I think especially in the U.S. with all the self-help books, there's there's plenty of that. Uh, but ultimately, there's really no book, as, as you know, he, your dad was saying, to to raise a kid. It's uh, it's a hard job, and you know, you don't get to do it too many times too in your lifetime. I mean, you know, even if 
if you have a lot of kids, it's still, mm -hmm. you know, very few kids in, an env in the environment you know. Um, and so what are you exposed to? Well, your own growth. So true. There's such a blessing for that. And the, the, the ray of joy that they bring for sure. But then also the opportunities that they give us to reflect uh, what's, you know, hiding inside that needs some healing yeah. and transformation. We're exposed to that times a thousand with, with kids. Yeah. So, um, so, so you've had, you had this difficult uh, youth and you entered the, the workplace. Yes. Um, how, how did that play out? I mean, I, yeah. you know, yeah, that, <laughs> oh because God. you built on that, you know, basically, you oh, know, you, you have challenges yeah, yeah. and uh, how, where did you go from, from there? Mm. I was very biased, you know, it's a typical kid that, uh, gets to be yes bring up in a difficult you know family dynamic but also very privileged one my family was in business for 45 years a very successful business millionaires and i had this very i was about to say weird i don't know if it's weird or natural when you're unconscious of it conception that my life path and in, in, in my career work-wise was pretty Linear. I mean, I was going to get into the workforce, take over the family business, and run my life as a pretty successful entrepreneur, and have all these material belongings, and and pretty much replicate what I've always seen from my you know granddad. Yeah, that was my vision of how my career was going to evolve, and it screwed me up big time. <laughs> Because I was on this treadmill of always trying to grab that or go for this. I never got to take over the family business. It went bankrupt, which is interesting because I went bankrupt later in my life. But then I was still on that yeah, treadmill of trying to replicate exactly the same thing. And so I became a job hopper, was always going for the salaries and the positions and and things like that. Yeah. yeah. What, how, were you considering yourself spiritual at the time? It doesn't sound like you were, no. I mean, we're all spiritual beings, yes. but like, you know, were you connected with that spiritual side at all? It doesn't sound yes, like I wouldn't. No, you're right. I that, you know, there was no clue of awakening at that point. I was just rolling along the, I can call it just worldly life. I think maybe this is how yeah. we can call it. Yeah. Do, uh, and so when did you actually, when did it come to a head? Mm. It is my belief or um, observation that there's two pathways where yeah. one gets out of this mold. Mm. It's either by the grace of God <laughs> Or through enough suffering that you say, okay, enough is enough. I got to yeah. do something here. And mine was the latter. <laughs> yeah. After multiple failed relationships, after multiple failed attempts at trying to create this 
working life for myself and, and keep on going back to the beginning and going after it again and again and over and over again. At one point I was enough. And I was tired of being tired. I was, was suffering. And yeah, I wanted to transform that. I wanted to grow out of it. Yeah. Why do you think, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you've seen other people going through that. Like I, I've had many other guests on the podcast going through similar experiences. And, and as you were saying at the beginning, you're not special, but the fact that you went through those experiences makes you kind of educated in, in those journeys uh, mm -hmm. to, to help others. Why do you think we keep getting trapped in, in those patterns? Mm. They're not conscious enough. Simply, I think, uh, A, we're not conscious enough and we're kind of addicted to it. Yeah. Form of addiction, I believe. I know. That's, that's what I've been going through. I know it <laughs> viscerally. Um, because we're not seeing things clearly. We're going after those hedonistic pleasure of those external validations because that's what brings us alive inside. Yeah. There's addiction roots in this that are very clear. Yeah. And and so you does that resonate? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it, res it resonates with with me and uh, with the other guests I've I've had on the show is. Yeah. Um, yeah, one uh, guest I had yesterday was talking about the fact that we're living uh, in the darkness, but we have those synthetic lights that <laughs> make it uh, seem like we're not in the darkness, but we're shrouded in, in fake light, and mm -hmm. we uh, we move forward um, this way, thinking that's the way. Um, and it's challenging, and and you see people just going through that over and over again, and but everybody's at different points in their journey too, and and you yeah. know, like the question to you would be like, you know, how could you have had that enlightenment sooner without the struggle, or do you, do you feel like you needed the struggle to get there? Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know, and I don't bother asking. Yeah. Because it is what it is, and I've grown enough in the process to honor and respect my own path and yeah. every step that it includes, even now. Yeah, so I truly, uh, I'm grateful, basically, for all of those obstacles and and sufferings because they're my they're my diamond they're they yeah. were my diamond stuff. and until i i didn't bother to shine them and buff them and work with them yeah. they were still in the ignition for it all yeah. i love that honoring the honoring the struggles and uh accepting them uh that's that's yeah. an important part of the the journey and and not trying to erase mm -hmm. them either and when I, you know, it, it seems like when we're, 
when you're on this journey, it always starts intellectually, right? We try to rationalize and understand and make sense of things. That's how we're wired. So so it's what it seems. At the beginning, I didn't understand that. You know, when I was reading Tolle and he said, I'm paraphrasing, but accept everything that comes your way as if you have chosen it. Hmm. What is he talking about? <laughs> I didn't choose this. I don't want this. <laughs> but indeed, I had chosen it. And we can go metaphysical on this one yeah. or very practical, you know, from life to life and soul journeys or, or even through my own doings in this life, I was manufacturing the life I was living for myself. You know, I was planting seed of karma as I was reacting bad stuff. Yeah. yeah. Out, you know? you're, you're probably hurting people around you in the process as well. I'm assuming Absolutely. it's like usually uh, that happens. Yeah, in those for divorce. Um, yeah. The, you don't get married because you intend to get divorced, right? But the, it came clear to me that this was not a good relationship to be in. And on on on, heights, on hindsight, yeah, hindsight, yeah, for sure, I I, I did hurt my first wife in yeah. so many ways, and I'm sorry for this, but it was also part of the journey. Yeah. For both of us. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, I, I went through a divorce as well. And, um, and, and I met my current wife, uh, after the divorce and, uh, we're married now. And, uh, but like, I, I, we, we couldn't have met each other earlier in life because we were different people. And so Beautiful. we met, met each other at the right time. And, you know, from your story is, your all experience your first marriage and everything shaped you to be the person you were when you met your wife mm, so true i can so much resonate with that, that, that yeah that, that touches special that special place in my heart yeah i was talking with with a friend last week on this on this very specific topic of being given or receiving what you need exactly when you're ready for it. Yeah. And if it's not that, it seems like it, it it's, it's us bl- blocking those experiences or people coming our way because we're not, we're not open enough. Right. I mean, that's a really important message because in the, in the current society, we want everything now, now, now. So, yes. you know, like if, if uh, you want the enlightenment now, I, I, I need to get enlightened. I'm, I'm yeah. 20. I, I just started, you know, working. I'm a little challenged with, with my workplace. I need to be enlightened right now. Mike, it's going to take a while. I mean, the, yeah. their hardships are part of the, the journey and even all the pain is, you know, is there. Um, and you learn from it. Yeah. And it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be a little painful. Yeah, this year. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not going to be a, a breeze. You know, uh, we're not we're not sidestepping lizards here. <laughs> I like that sidestepping lizards. Um, so 
you know, when you came to that point and, and you know, you realize you wanted to turn things around, what are some of those tools that uh, were really useful in your journey that could help others um, who, are, who are looking for tools? That's a beautiful question. It was an evolution for me, and I, I can see the beauty in, in all of the steps, but as everything, right, it's, you're peeling the onion sometimes. Yeah. So it's, you know, that, it was an evolution and a shift in consciousness, and it started very pragmatically for me. Science-based study of psycho psychological stuff and certifications and and and, and psychologists that could help me and all that realm and the, you know reading hundreds of books and, on self-growth and whatnot and they were helpful and at a certain point i, I said well I'm, I'm ready for something new so i, I got into stoicism what a beautiful teacher, um, great mentor. I worked for a couple of years with him, um, a stoic uh, author and psychologist. And I outgrew that. <laughs> you know, it came to a point where I got the beauty out of the text and the study and, and the teachings from my mentor. Yeah. But I was ready for something deeper. There was always this longing within to go at the root and go deeper. And that's when spirituality came into the picture. And so, so as you were going through those, um, uh, different phases, <laughs> um, yes. how, like, were there like nuggets in there that you picked up that you carried forward with, with you? And like, are, yeah. are there some you can share? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, that would be that would be so much. Just, but I'm thinking about the last conversation uh, Donald and I had. My stoic uh, coach, Donald, is the pendant of Ryan Holiday, Donald Robertson. I, I highly encourage uh, everyone to read his stuff and and follow him. He's a great stoic man. We were having our last session because he was stopping his practice. He was too busy with his, his books and, and his uh, speaking engagements. And he said, how can you sum up our work together? And Donald really helped me with my ruminative mind. You know, that was very strong for me. <laughs> There's something in there that was always talking. <laughs> and that was one of the one of the biggest takeaways and tools that I've picked up from stoicism you know, to take a step back and just pause before reacting. Okay, I'll, I'll use uh, Viktor Frankl to put this in, a, in an analogy that make, makes sense. Not an analogy, but a, Here's a man that went through horrible things, you know, the Holocaust and was a prisoner in a camp and whatnot. There is strong stoicism roots in his uh, teachings, in my perspective, when he talks about stimulus and response, things happen in our life, right? Whether it's situation or people, 
there's a, there's a stimulus, something is happening. And we're going to have a response that, that's inevitable. But there's a gap in between. It might be small, it might be big, but there's a gap. And however we choose to be in that gap will dictate the response. Yeah. And that's what I got the most from, I'd say, all of the psychology books and the certifications and my work with Donald. This framework of, of really pausing and choosing our response to any events, obstacles, difficulties in, in my life, in our lives. Yeah. Gives you control. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, well, yeah. yeah, that's, that's interesting. Gives you control. Cause it's almost like regaining control. control yeah. Uh, because a lot of time people feel more like victims of the, of a situation that can oh. happen. And yeah. with that gap, it's like, you know, there's a gap here you can work with and you can make decisions and you do have options and um, so true yeah we can be either be a victim in life or a creator it's either either or yeah my friend david emerald taught, taught me that he, he wrote this great book the the, the empowerment dynamic ted he, he lives in seattle actually <laughs> <laughs> maybe i should connect you guys <laughs> there you go yeah that'd be great have him on the have him on the show yeah, that, that's the whole premise of his work. He's a very beautiful man, a deep spiritual man, and and that that's his story in the book, um, in a, in a form of a you know, story, literally. But that's the shift he made, and that's the shift he's inviting all of us to do, from the, from the creator standpoint or mindset to a a, a victim, beg your pardon, mindset or stance yeah. to, to a creator one, where you can choose to. Yeah, be who you truly are, and you, which yeah. is love. <laughs> and and I don't think being a creator doesn't mean you haven't suffered or you haven't been uh, impacted by other people's wrongdoing, and that there, you know, hasn't been like terrible acts that might have been committed against you. I think it's you know regaining control of the narrative uh, and your story. Uh, and and how you want to move forward, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's not easy. It's a lot of resilience, a lot of uh, in in depth exploration. Yeah, for They're sure. Capable. For sure. Um, so then, at that time, you were working with your um, uh, teacher, and then you said, then you encountered spirituality. Or mm. you know, I'm paraphrasing that, but like, yeah. how, how did that first meeting go? <laughs> you bring me back. You're, you're bringing me back. <laughs> what's what's the kernel of this? There's there's a specific moment that I recall. Mm. It was already brewing within me because I could feel this, you know, longing for something else and was already very curious and reading a lot of spiritual books and trying a lot of things. 
the spiritual spiritual spectrum if we can call it like that yeah i called it other other things yeah. before i was actually spiritual i was like oh, what's all that spiritual bs that's what i called it and now i'm like oh my god it's real yeah yeah <laughs> but there's a, there's an encounter uh, with a man that really yeah invited me to take a a, a seat in in my own spirituality and and the path going forward um, he's my he's my master he's my teacher alan alan yeah. cohen great friend of ramdas i met with him through a, a, a coaching group session i remember after the, the setting i didn't have the chance to interact with him at this at that point there was so much peace and love emanating from him. It was strong to me. It was so compelling that I wanted to be close to him in some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the guru, uh, master, uh, not guru, and, and uh, mentee, or however we call it, relationship. I, I don't know. I don't have a guru. I've never been yeah. to India. But <laughs> I can probably feel the same thing. And, and that was a start. That was a start for me of uh, peeling the onion to, to its core. <laughs> yeah. It just took me back to uh, actually this morning I was listening to uh, Christian Das. And uh, he's got on Spotify, there's a great book he has that's freely available to all called The Pilgrims of the Heart. Mm -hmm. And he recounts his journey. Uh, meeting Ramdas for the first time, and then going to India with Ramdas to meet Maharishi. Yeah, um, and you know the way he described his first encounter was like just the love that was emanating from yeah. oh, uh, uh, the the guru, and uh, you know how he was drawn to that. Just just mm -hmm. like you were, you know, yeah, just like you were explaining. Um, you know, and, and that love, you know, you, you talk about journey from love to love when you were describing your own personal journey, but that's, you know, that's a big deal. And, and it's hard to really understand. I, I think if, uh, how, how does that love feel different from any other loves you felt? Like, can you even describe it? No, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, sometimes I think with psychedelic experiences, you can really get into a state where like, oh my God, that really transcends me. And I really understand yeah. the oh. full spectrum of love. Oh. Um, so I think this is the perfect setting to, to share this story. But yeah. last week, before the show, we were talking about it. Yeah. You asked me, how are you coming into the show? And I said, well, since last week, there was something that happened that really brought another layer of peace and love within. And for me, lately, there's been, yeah, you know, life gets busy sometimes, and especially the family. And yeah. I get to sit down, you know, when the, the, the day was winding down and kids were to sleep, and I could feel this. I don't know if I can render justice to the feeling, but... Sometimes I, I caught myself saying, you know, God or universe, life, divine, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I feel distant from you. You know, I haven't 
I think connected with you, so it seems today, as much. And one experiences after the other brought me closer and closer and closer, I think, last week, until this culminant point where I had a beautiful conversation with a dear friend of mine, and we went really deep and opened up, and he's going through his own, own stuff, you know, lost his wife to cancer. Then he started to talk about his own lessons, and he said one phrase about God, and I just started weeping like a baby because I could feel so much love inside. Like you said, it was so, so transcendent. I couldn't control myself. It was too much. Yeah. So I guess that's the, that's as close as I can get to yeah. framing the, the, yeah, the love you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, and it's a great way to frame it. I mean, it's like if you hear others who've experienced that describing it, they use different words, but they'll be able to somehow capture that energy. Um, and uh, I mean, it sounded like it was a little bit of a release too for you. Um, yeah, as well. Um, especially since you know, as you said, we we get busy. The we live in a society we live in a society that has a rhythm that has rules um mm-hmm. that you know has a way about it and we're not hermits on top of yeah. a mountain so you know and and if you have a family yeah you have children that are part of the society and you know unless yeah. you're homeschooling them um they have to go to a school that has its own rhythm um so you can't you can't completely ignore that rhythm, but at, at the same time, it can be intense because I don't know if if it was necessarily it's the best rhythm for human. I mean, I know it's not. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so beautiful what you just said because it, we don't like you said we don't need to be hermits, you know, hiding in the mountains to grow ourselves. It appears to me now that the best place to do it is right here in the midst of all of our activities and, and daily living and, and commuting with uh, other people. Yeah. It's much more easier to get your crap coming up <laughs> stuff coming up when you're interacting in this setting you know, what a what a beautiful opportunity after all to heal and 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 grow and transform what needs to be transformed to, to free yourself yeah yeah now we're, we're socialized yeah i mean we we are social animals uh we need that human connections and Every once in a while, I mean, there's that there was that great uh, movie. Uh, I think it was called "Get Into the Wild," where there's this young man who wants to go to Alaska, okay, and to be by himself in Alaska, and and so the whole movie follows him on that journey of him mm-hmm. going to Alaska to just be by himself and being in the wild because he believes that's where he'll he'll find peace. That's wild. <laughs> um, and and they found his journal 
years later and the the movie is based on his journal wow okay um but the the main lesson of the movie is that really where he felt when he felt the most alive was in his journey when he was encountering all those people mm-hmm. and and uh just just seeing the diversity exchanging their stories and his story and and then when he found himself finally in the wild i'm going to spoil it for everyone so just you know people skip that <laughs> if you if you haven't seen the movie um he gets stuck there he ends up eating bad berries and uh, they think that's what killed him and then the mm. uh the this the uh the river that he crossed to make it where he went was like you know 10 times the size uh, when he was getting sick, so he couldn't actually head back. Terrible story. Um, but he s- kept on writing in his journal um, before he died, of course. Uh, and so they were able to to pull that together. But that, you know, there's there's that. And then he also reminded me of the autobiography of a yogi, where mm-hmm. you know, for he goes and travels to the mountains in order, to, you know, and then he realizes, hey, my guru was right down the street. Um, <laughs> yeah, indeed. but you need those journeys. You need those journeys. You need to go to the mountain. You need to go to mountain to to realize, oh, it was here all along. Uh, you have to experience it. Yeah. So yeah, so it reminds me of uh, so many things. David Brooks, the columnist and writer, wrote about this in his in his own way. But the the analogy that he used was brilliant for me. He talks about the second mountain where you climb your first peak. And at the top of that peak, you realize, well, that's that's not it. There's more to it. And then you gotta go down through the valleys and yeah. going down before going up again. And it's on that second peak that you find something much more richer, much more peaceful joyful lovable mm-hmm. yeah i love that second mountain that's great and the valleys and that's a beautiful analogy it's it's funny i've i've been using the second mountain and the analogy for a different thing which is uh, the integration time after a psychedelic experience interesting um, because a lot of time you know the the challenge with really intense experiences um whether it's it's a psychedelic experience or like a near-death experience or or even the experience you had with your friend last week where, you know, he shared some, you know, words about God and the love. And um, those experiences are so intense that you forget sometimes to realize you have to integrate that lesson in your life. Mm. And that is another mountain in and of itself. Um, and so, you know, while the experience itself provides some teaching, integrating the teachings, um, is a lot of work and it's not always easy, especially if you're trying to change how your life is and, and shape it differently, which, you know, you, you clearly did in your journey. You had very intentional approaches to, to how you went about it. That's beautiful. That's such an important reminder for everyone on the journey too, right? Because like you said at the very beginning, 
we oftentimes try to rush through it and we want it now. <laughs> yeah. yeah That's not how it's meant to sink in. We're wired more and more to want it now. Uh, oh, it's true. It's like, and now with AI, it's like I can have it even faster. Yeah. Um, though, you know, I hope that um, AI can help uh, free up some time um, so we can do maybe something slower. Um, mm. But, you know, that's how you use it, right? It's like if, if you try to use it to stuff more in your busy day. Um, yeah. And it's when we slow down, typically that things, uh, the major shifts happen. Yeah. So back to your spirituality. I mean, we're still in this spiritual discussion. Um, what are, actually, you know, go ahead. I'll go a little bit further on that one because yeah. it's so important, I think. I'll link it to where I think you want it to go. We'll see. But I remember at one point, I think I had to learn to slow down and I wasn't conscious yet to, of that shift that needed to happen. Yeah. And life took care of that for me. I remember being in California for a business trip and I had gone for almost two weeks. It was a very intense one in terms of engagements. And I was still back then in the mood of, you know, self-actualizing and working out and doing all of my practices and very rigorous and self-disciplined, a little bit too much, quite frankly. And I had this breakdown. They thought I was having a heart attack at one point in a meeting with CEOs and or 10 around the table. I'm, I'm shutting down. Pain in my left arm in my heart oh, wow. and couldn't speak anymore, couldn't walk. I'm sure I was having a heart attack, but it was my body actually teaching me the lesson that I was not conscious enough to welcome in. And yeah, I think recognizing that it's not about rushing through the process, yeah. welcoming every step of it being patient internalizing it like you were talking about yeah that's the crux of it i i love this um this is a, a word you said which is like maybe you were doing too much uh you know with your, your routine and everything uh hi when when do you know it's too much I, I mean, it's it's a hard question to answer, but it's like that I see it all the time. Uh, mm. layer, people adding layers upon layers of uh, improvements. Yes. Um, you know, if, if you're into biohacking, uh, people will <laughs> add layers and layers of hacks um, to improve yourself beyond human potential. I'm like, well, mm. first yeah. try to reach your human potential. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, like, how do you guide people that, or help people that are adding too much to their plate? And what, what is your approach? Like, if, if somebody is looking for help and they come to you, like, how would you approach that? Mm. That's a beautiful one. 
there's there there's there needs to be a shift in what do you truly want? It seems trivial, but if 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 you are hoping to always excel and outperform and and be in this rabbit hole of of doing and doing and doing and doing to reach your full potential. Oh, you're like the athlete who wants to be the best in its in, uh, in its sports. You're gonna you're gonna push hard, and you go you're gonna go through all the steps and the the pain to get there. Like I understand that, but I think even athletes have a, a deeper meaning to it all. That doesn't have to do with the trophy or the medal or the win. And so I think it's about changing the perspective for yourself in terms of what you truly want. Yeah. And what happened for me was, well, yeah, I don't want to, you know, be this super executive uh, who's top shape and also very highly spiritual and earning a lot of money and doing all that. And that wasn't important anymore. All I wanted was peace. That was this recognition or longing for something deeper that that is not wordly. I'm coming back to this to this to this word, but, but yeah, yeah. Do do you think some of those things are mutually exclusive, or after now having been more on your spiritual journey um you're kind of looking back at the situations where okay i'm a different person now um i'm more equipped to maybe approach some of the situations like you know know, like corporate intensity or 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 are they mutually exclusive i don't think there are I can only speak for me. They're not important anymore, but uh, I don't think they are mutually exclusive. It is my recognition though, that one will lead you to the other potentially in a much more ease or easy. um, You you understand what I mean? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. The The spirituality will lead you to the, success in whatever shape or form you might uh, frame it for yourself in a much more easier way. Yeah. Much more flowing. Yeah. No, I if think it does. The, the gap you mentioned too, it's, it's a very useful tool working with that gap, uh, yeah. especially in corporate settings and setting your boundaries is another important one, I believe is, is, and then knowing when, to take care of yourself, which all these are lessons that, you know, you, you touched on, um, in the journey was, I, I think are great tools. And again, and in, in corporate, there's huge currents, there's huge, you know, undertoes and, and strong waves. And, uh, and it's like, you need your surfboard, you know, you, you, and, and you need to be good at surfing. Otherwise you're going to get caught in those currents. And, um, so, yeah. 
it seems like the currents are the strongest at the beginning. <laughs> Once you pass them, uh, it's much more easier. Yeah, I mean, unless you're you're really good at swimming in the currents, but eventually, I think you get tired, um, mm -hmm. and you know, you 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 have a heart attack, or you know, it's like your uh, person can only take so much uh, intensity. And I, you know, I've talked to a lot of others on the show. Uh, you know, athletes, people yeah. who used to be athletes that really push themselves to be at their top, and you know, they they get to the top, and they're also like, now what? What, what is yeah. life like? I, I've pushed myself really hard, and you know, like, where do I go from here? Yeah, that's so beautiful. I think when we get to a recognition that there's no difference between business or, or any endeavor that we go after and life, it's all it's all life in the background. Yeah, that that changes our yeah our approach to to it all. As a matter of fact, I can recall maybe some certain situations as an executive where they were highly spiritual after all even in that setting i was given so many opportunities to grow spiritually yeah. if we welcome it from those lands it's another ballpark in my opinion yeah you don't think about the workplace though as conductive for that but it it, it is and it can be so um and it goes back to, yeah I think it goes back to um, it's how you react to it uh, and the creator versus the victim. Um, it's it's easy to become a victim of your environment. It's very easy, yeah. uh, very especially easy. with strong environments that are meant to be systems and corporations are meant to be systems. They're meant to be systems that scale up so that you can do more with the same quality um, and, and put out services of product or products and, and scale that ability. So it's a system. And so the, the design of a system is to, you know, to be a current, to be a current uh, for each of the parts in the system. So they behave a certain way or as best as they can. And, and so, you know, how do you work within a system and then, uh, you know, retain your your own um, creator aspect versus being a, just a victim. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, Perhaps the misconception we have about work is we go at it to get something. Yeah. And work is about serving, not about getting. I know that's been that that has been a true. Um, peaceful, peaceful recognition for me. And with a growing family, I might have to um, step into corporate world a little bit more yeah. uh, going forward. But that's okay because of how I approach it now. Yeah. In this, in this essence. If we could all go at work in, with the intention of of serving our, our you know our clients, our company, our our peers, whomever we interact with, 
and the victim mindset uh, that you're talking about wouldn't be as much present because if you're serving, you got to be a creator. I love that. Uh, serving is, is a, a very strong theme. Um, when did that, when, when did the, when did serving enter your life? When did you have that realization that you wanted to be of service? Mm -hmm. It came towards the end of my sales career. I was coaching a lot and it was obvious that I wasn't coaching sales per se, but the, you know, the, the human being behind the, the role. And I was in the midst of my, my own path and I was growing myself and making all of the new connections and um, it, yeah, it became very apparent apparent that the second mountain was about serving yeah. with my gifts and what I had to offer. And that was it. Yeah. So yeah, today, um, how do you serve people? Uh, thank you for that beautiful question. Simple. It's simple. Um, yeah, not easy work, one would say, potentially. I was chatting with my coach, Alan, lately, and we were laughing about this because I was like, Alan, I, I'm a very simple guy when it comes to uh, being a... a yes a person but also a coach i'm not the ones who i'm not the one who gives a bunch of techniques and i don't you know venture into quantum physics and uh the neuroscience and whatnot i just work at the root you have emotions and thoughts that are ruining your life <laughs> because of past experiences and patterns and traumas and if we could just learn to work with that to deepen our consciousness, our spirituality, so that we feel more joy and happiness and, and inner peace. And that's that's it. And that's how I try to help people and yeah. the clients I work with. I answer very simple, yet um, a very in-depth exploration. <laughs> well, what, did, what did he answer to, to that? What was his answer? He started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, it's, I can totally relate to what you just said. Um, because you know, there's, there's a lot of coaches, uh, really good coaches out there that have a lot of certifications that have a lot of techniques to share They're Um, they're really good at, at dropping quotes and names and, you know, it's, it's really impressive. Like it's yes. intimidating. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and they're very helpful and they do great work. And, um, but then, you know, there's, there's many ways to help with simple mm -hmm. approaches, uh, with just a few things, just a few tricks. It doesn't have to be complicated, uh, yeah. breath work, you know, like breath work is a good example. Uh, I was talking about it with another guest, uh, Stephen Gray who wrote how psychedelics can, he co-wrote how psychedelics can change the world. Yeah. And 
somehow we were talking about breath work, but the the thing is, there's a lot of of complex breath work you you can do, and I'm gonna drop some names here again. But like you know, if you read Stan Groff, he'll talk about all the breath work he's done and all the different techniques that can get you in an entheogenic state. Okay. Um, but then the simple thing is, you can just feel your breath. Just be aware of it. Just feel it move through your system. You know, and just just that. Yeah. You know, you, you don't need any fancy techniques, but you know, like feeling it, you know, on the on the hair inside your nose. Yeah. Um, you pass it on one on one. It's like you start there, you know, visualizing it. Next step, it's like, oh, how is that? Can you visualize where the energy or the, mm. the center of your breath is as it yeah. moves through your body? And so, you know, all those things, like you don't have to go really advanced. You don't have to go really complicated. And a lot of times, you know, to help people, people are so far gone that the simple things, sometimes the simple things are enough to just, you know, really start that shift. I truly believe so. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate to have this gift of listening very well with my heart and people are compelled to open up and share. And, and then it's a matter of asking maybe just a couple of good questions and, and also sometimes inspiring or guiding and, I don't have all the answers, but I certainly know that the people I work with, they do. You know, they have it in them. So if I can just point them in the right direction yeah. for them, that's all it takes. Yeah. Well, and listening by itself is, is such an important tool. Listening and providing that human connection. Because um, feeling listened is healing. It is. Uh, I mean, <laughs> completely. It's like couple therapy 101, but you know, it's like, <laughs> I remember uh, reading uh, Men Are From Mars, uh, Women Are From Venus, which yes. I, I thought was a great book, uh, but I, I read it after my uh, first divorce. And maybe if I'd read it before, I would have understood more. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it reiterates the stuff you learn o- over time, but that sometimes, you know, your, your spouse just wants to be listened. He can, and mm. she doesn't want you to fix problems for her. But just shows just that is healing. Just like, oh my God, there's somebody else that you know I've, I'm, I'm married to, and they're just listening. Yes, to me, mm. that active listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's compassion right there, right? When we're able to do that. No. Yes, we can feel empathy for whatever is being shared and have empathy, but but compassion is is actionable and, and just listening actively with an open heart is very compassionate. That's yeah. feeling. Uh, why um I was gonna say why why do you think it's so hard for us to listen nowadays? There's multiple answers to this one, I I suppose, but we're so busy. So busy trying to do, trying to fit into molds, trying to 
is to listen in a certain way because that's what we're supposed to, we're supposed to do. We're distracted and busy <laughs> all the time. Yeah. So lost touch with ourselves. You know, we don't want to have, we, I guess that's it. We, we, we can barely listen to ourselves. So how can we listen to others? Yeah. Are there, um, with your daughter, are there like little things you're, you're doing together to kind of slow things down and really enjoy the moment? I'm, I'm assuming there's yeah. probably is a handful. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the, the most flagrant one, if that's the right word, probably has to do with uh, the consumption of TV and phone and, and whatnot. And th this is almost absent from, from our house. Yeah. And we were having dinner with our, our neighbors the other day and they, they, they were laughing because our little one uh, goes there sometimes, you know, to see them and the cats. And then he picked up a remote from a PlayStation and he was like, what's that? And we're laughing because for them, you know, <laughs> uh, you should know what this is. I mean, it's yeah. a remote control from a game, game console. That's what key kids do, right? Yeah. But uh, ours didn't have a clue what that was. And uh, this is kind of funny, but also, uh, also okay. You know, they're, they're going to be exposed to it. And we don't want to prevent uh, that from happening because that's the day and age we live in, but, yeah. but in due time. And uh, so there's better ways to create connections uh, than, than, yeah. than, for instance, it's just an example, but I love it. Being together, talking, doing yeah. things, activities. Yeah. No, it's, it's hard as a parent, right? Because again, there's the current from the world and, but the, the minds of children are so easily um, imprinted um, by experiences uh, that it's, it's kind of nice to be able to delay some of these uh, when they're maybe a little more mature already for them. Like cell phones, for example, is one where, you know, I, I wish uh, I could have delayed it a little bit more for, for my kids. Mm -hmm. um, and uh but you know it is what it is at the same time we live in this society and while their minds get imprinted they're also resilient uh so that it's a balance and they pick that up probably from the parents so hats off uh to you yeah we'll see i use my phone quite a lot uh, <laughs> <laughs> it goes in both the good and bad I think, um, but they also have their own journeys, right? And they do, they do. I find a lot of relief in that too. Uh, yeah, and knowing that they have their own journeys and they will have to go through whatever is uh, will be in front of them is okay. Yeah, uh, oh. we'll be there to to support and guide if we can. But respect and honor that they also have their own journey. That's wonderful. That brings a nice symmetry to the interview as we're approaching time because we started uh, recognizing that our parents had their own journey. And, That's so true. Uh, and now we're recognizing that our children have their own journey. Um, and it's it's all different types of responsibilities, right? Uh, the parents is, you know, us seeing them from the eyes of children 
looking up and the children it's us seeing them from the eyes of parents looking down and uh, mm. i think it's it's a beautiful thing yeah absolutely absolutely it's all about love yeah um love from love of the parents to love of the children from love to love um so i have a, a boilerplate question that i asked everyone and um it's if you were to capture the essence of leadership as a totem an animal or a plant what would it be and i don't know if you can remember the answer you gave or not it's beautiful I think I, I think about I think I, I talked about our plant the uh, Alois. Yeah, is that how we pronounce it? Yeah, you know, you, you pick all the same words. I struggle with um, because of the French background. I don't think my wife can appreciate that. But you know, I just you know the uh, the aloe vera plant. Are you is right, that the right, one exactly. the cactus? Yeah. That yes, you can exactly. use for burns. That's exactly the or one. Or eat. Plant. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's so many pro properties to this plant. And as I look at it, you know, it's very resilient. It's very healing. It, you, you cut one branch because you want to heal someone else and it grows back. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, it's a serving plant. That's how I see it. Yeah. And it's a very um, beautiful correlation for me uh, with uh, leadership because I, I always say that leadership is about love. Yeah, that's what this plant seems to be uh, thriving on and giving. <laughs> yeah. Love and service, love yeah, and service, beautiful. Is there is there anything else you wanted to talk about today, or any questions for me? Um, before uh, actually, I'll do. We have a little bit more time then before I pull a card for you. I like pulling cards for people. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, but do you have any anything else? We, we traveled so much and we covered so many beautiful subjects. I can't think of anything else that I want to add. Uh, I'm sure we could go into uh, another hour and, and talk about many more things. Uh, but, but we went to the, uh, we went, we went, we went where we needed to be. And that's perfect. Wonderful. Wonderful. So now. Is there anything you'd like to, to say before you pick a card? No, I'm going to say it now about card picking, but uh, that does, there's nothing else. I think we covered so much. I, I love hearing about your journey. I can relate to a lot of the, uh, you know, ups and downs that you've shared mm -hmm. and lessons and insights and uh, really appreciate the energy and, uh, uh, you know, your, your patience putting up with all those questions. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were loving and good questions so there were patients involved it was an open arm um, wonderful so now i've been doing this with a, a few guests um it's uh, oracle cards actually i'll show the for people watching it's called the earth magic deck okay and it's something i picked up a, a few years ago my wife taught me how to do this um my background is engineering so you know when you if you told me like 20 years ago i'd be pulling cards for people i was like <laughs> crazy that's like makes no sense like why would i pull cards like 
you know, I've got all the I'll answers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like this is the I would have said this is what the gypsies do. They look in their crystal balls and pull cards. And I was so <laughs> clueless. Um, but anyway, um, the, the name of the game is uh, pulling cards. And um, and so I'm going to ask you to think of a question in your mind about your journey that you'd like some guidance on you don't have to share it actually i i prefer it if you don't you could always share it after afterward because it's usually yes. a private um a private matter um and then i'm gonna knock three times on the deck and ask the the angels the oracles the powers that be the the gods we believe in the god we believe in yeah. to um give you some answer to your question um for uh for you maxime for um you know in the in the context of everything you've shared uh today uh to help you in in your journey and and for people who are listening i'm shuffling the cards and a whole bunch came out um <laughs> it's a lot faster than usual um hold on interesting i'm gonna that, that must have been a, a really good question and uh the angels really wanted to uh to help here really quick um, to answer here really quick to answer uh very efficient uh i pick the top two cards and so i'll show them here uh there's two of them there's the the milky way uh for perspective and the rainbow for what does it say on there blessings blessings um and uh i love blessings i love the rainbow and those are great cards so i'm going to read uh give you the little bit of the the read up i'll start with the milky way here um milky way 101 Now, the beginning might sound not as positive as you would expect, but <laughs> you have to wait until the end. Okay. Um, you have lost your perspective. So it is time to step back, breathe, and allow yourself to detach in order to gather information from your senses and regain your perspective about the situation. Detachment does not mean that you are no you no longer care. It simply indicates that you are looking at things from a different point of view. It is an outlook that is not clouded by emotions, judgment, or attachment to outcome, but instead maintains a non-reactive awareness of these things. The witness, that internal aspect of yourself that simply observes everything in your life, offers his or her, her eyes here. Through these lenses of pure awareness, you can examine all aspects of your experiences, physical, emotional, and mental, without denying anything. By, by doing so, you will come to understand a greater perspective than is typically justified by the ego, which allows you to see what is before you with clear vision and an open mind. Hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Um, this this reminds me a little bit about what we were talking about with uh, taking a step back and yes. working with that gap and the more stoic approach. 
Um, and then the other one is rainbow blessings. Uh, 119. I remember your question as well. Yeah. Um, the storm has passed and it is time to enjoy the refreshing beauty of this cycle. Even though it has been difficult to appreciate any sense of purposefulness in what you have endured lately. You can now, as they say, count your blessings. Do not just look at the brighter side, adhe adhering to some academic mantra that has no heart or depth, but do so slowly and with genuine gratitude that is expressed up close and personal. This ever-loving process of life itself is a blessing, an opportunity to exist as a human being on Earth. The planet is a beautiful garden, even if it does not always appear to be so. Sometimes it is only when you look back at a memory of an experience that you can truly see the blessings that you have come from, from them. Uh, bless your difficult or painful experiences and let them go. Hmm. That's perfect. Yeah, there was no coincidence. Well, there, there you have it. Uh, there's, there's your. Thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. It's it's always uh, nice to work with the cards, and it never ceases to impress me. Yeah. Well, me neither. You're right on. Good. Uh, yeah. Good. Well, sometimes asking the question is the answer lies in the question. Uh, with the card that you just picked, I was reminded that I was not asking the right question. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we can, I love it. We can, we can touch on that afterward. I'd love to hear more. Um, well, let's, let's wrap this up now. Maxime, thank you so much for being here. Where can people um, find you and connect with you? What are the best places? And I'll put that in the show notes as well. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm only active on LinkedIn and YouTube with my channel. I post almost daily on, on LinkedIn, almost daily on YouTube, short videos. Um, I have a website, stoa.coach, and that's about it. So you can Great. find everything there and on my LinkedIn profile at the top, tune in and up with me. There's a, that link brings you every, everywhere into my world. So there it Wonderful. Is. Thank well, you. Thank you for, for your time today. No, thank you for your beautiful questions. And, thank you. Uh, yeah, that was a good energy. We had a nice conversation in depth uh, from soul to soul, heart to heart. These are the best. So I thank you. <laughs> Definitely. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Instagram at leadershipadelics or stop by my website and say hi at fuyat.com. That's F-O-O-Y-A-D. There's a lot going on and I'd love to hear from you all, the listeners that tune in every week. And, and if you have suggestions for future guests, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm there and uh, I'd love to get more guests on the show. Thank you. Have a great day.